It's a 2023-2024 season preview of the Orlando Magic next on The Dime. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh and Quab, your go-to NBA podcast. Subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, and be sure to hit up the YouTube channel for video content. And now your hosts, Josh and Quab. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Dime. Today, we preview a team with so much potential. It is a 2023-2024 Orlando Magic, and we are doing it with the host of the Close-Up Magic podcast. Everybody, please welcome back to The Dime for, I think, I don't know, if you count the draft episodes, this might be the fifth time, but it's Stephen King. They count. They count. They count. They count. They count. It's been a few few times. What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. If if you want to follow Stephen and his podcast, it's the Close-Up Magic. He has a YouTube channel dedicated to the Orlando Magic. He's been on the show. I think this is the third episode maybe fifth time if you're counting uh, draft episodes. And in one of those draft episodes, he had the first pick and he chose Paolo Bancaro before yes, he did. it was rumored that he was going to the Magic at the time. Thanks. They were going with Jabari Smith and Stephen was like, nope. Nope. Josh, I got to tell you something, man. That was like the one time I've ever gotten something right. <laughs> the one and only time. <laughs> so like, I hold that so much. And the fact that I have it like on record early All with record. you was like... Whew, yep, made me feel great on. Yeah, I am your witness. Like you were calling it before, <laughs> record before. Nope. It, was, they were, it was all about Jabari Smith, and he, I don't know if everyone remembers, but it changed last minute. But Stephen had it the whole time. You can listen to the mock draft episode where he picks Paolo, um, on in our mock draft, which is. I think you even messaged me and was like, "You had it," or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Needs <laughs> baby. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into uh, a season. Preview of the Orlando Magic 2023-2024. Let's start with Paulo Bancaro because to me, I think you found your star. You found your guy, man. That's what it seems like at least. I know it's early, but he had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. Where do you measure that up? I know it's hard to be like, well, it matches up with LeBron's and Melo's, but like looking at it objectively, where do you think his rookie season ranked and how excited are you to have him? Which is a dumb question, but I would like to hear from Magic Man. You know, okay, so like, I'm not going to say it's the greatest rookie season of all time. He had like a solid two year or two month stretch where he couldn't hit a three pointer to save his life. I think his percentage dropped down to um, like 6% for on like a two month stretch. It was, it was awful. Um, And his scoring wasn't the most efficient all the time either. There's definitely some like things, areas he can improve on, but I mean, he did have some like insane numbers. Yeah. He did have some, uh, you know, first rookie ever to do this since LeBron or first rookie right. ever to do this period um, in different categories. And man, I'll tell you what, I feel great as a magic fan. I feel great <laughs> as someone who likes to create magic content. Yeah. Yeah, we, got, we got us one. You got you and one. that's what really matters. I don't know if it's the top five best rookie performance <laughs> of all time or whatever. I don't care. We got us one. That's right. And that's what matters. Um, no, man, but his his, uh, his his rookie year was really special. We haven't had a player average 20 points per game since Stephen Francis. Stephen Francis, Ooh. the franchise. Um, you know, and, and that was a long time ago, and some people don't even realize he was on the Magic for like a season and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like a rookie to do that is pretty darn special. Um and, you know, he was also a rookie that got selected to join the U.S. Yeah. Uh, main team in FIBA. So it's like, it's just, it. I don't think you could 
you could ask for a better first 12 months of being an Orlando Magic player. After you guys drafted him, I remember during summer league, I had texted Josh. I was like, because I think Josh was in Vegas. I was like, do you realize how big he is like in person? Because he's legit all 6'10", like, and but he moves like a like a guard and all that. And I'm, when you look at him, what do you think his ceiling is? That is a hard question to answer. But ceiling, like, in when he's 27, 28 at his peak, I mean, he should be a top 10 player in the league easily, yeah. I think. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, he his shot should grow um, into form. Now, he lost, you know, he, he had he ended the season last year at 29% from three, right? Um, but what didn't get reported loudly until the end of the season, we didn't even know about it until the end of the season. He was he was dealing with a nerve damage during that really bad um, slump with his yeah. shooting. So, you know, if he gets it shot up even to like just league average from three, you know, 36, 37%, that's a three-level score for you, you know, um, that, you know, from his rookie year, had 20 points per game. He's got the body to just bully anyone. Offensively, he should be able to do whatever he wants on the court as long as he doesn't have any too many like injuries to yeah. to stop him from being able to do what he should do on the basketball court. He's physical. Um, dude, I think he weighs like 250 pounds at 6'10". He's yeah. got footwork like a guard. He can pass like a guard. Um, and then he can bang with the bigs down in the paint, you know? So offensively, he he could be pretty special um you know easily uh i would think a top 10 player i think where it's really gonna matter for him is the defensive side right he's got good court vision he can pass really nicely that's only going to improve as he gets a little bit more experience with the ball in his hand and decision making at the nba level but defensively can he become a two-way player that is not only a force on the offensive side but can also be a force on the defensive side or at least an above average defender for his um you know position on the wing and and sometimes even in the in the in the paint with the centers and the, and the bigs um I think if he can get that defense up where we saw flashes of it, particularly in FIBA ball um, and even a bit last year, he's, he's going to be special. And I would, I feel comfortable saying he's going to be a top 10 player in the NBA one day. Um, you know, I'm biased. He could potentially even be a top five player at some point. Yeah. What do you guys think? You tell me. I think it's hard to tell right now. I think top 10 is safe. Top five, uh, it depends. I don't know yeah. because you have Giannis, you have Jokic. That's, you're talking a lot of different players right now who are playing like at their peak. So, and, and then it's also hard to predict the future, but I don't think top 10 is out of the realm of possibility for sure. I mean, he had one of the best yeah. rookie seasons ever. That's why I opened up the, the show asking you that because I think his rookie year went under the radar. I don't think a lot of people really understand how well he yeah. played this year. I mean, and you started off, the show saying like you know despite the fact he went cold despite the but like even with all of that he still like had a top five rookie season of all time so imagine when yeah. all that stuff comes together so yeah. so I, that, and to be fair yeah. i do think when he gets to that level yeah you know it's pretty impressive now but you know i'm talking prime paulo oh, yeah when he's you know yeah. six seven years from now yeah perennial all-star possibly mvp candidate yeah. if, if the magic yeah. are definitely in it um, I, I wanted to ask you though, because you have found that guy to build around. Now comes the pieces, right? This the number two, the number three, and you have a piece right now in Franz Wagner. I think is very interesting because he's showing a lot of potential as well. But it's, the jury's still kind of out if he can be that number two or number three on what 
playoff team, contending team, whatever it is. But you know, this is these are the 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 questions of the the answers we're gonna find like coming this season. What do you think about Franz Wagner? Do you think he could be that number two or number three? Um, absolutely. Mm. And for anyone who didn't watch FIBA, um, that that there's your answer right there. The question shouldn't be out on him anymore. It should be. Yes, he can be a solid number two, um, number three at bare minimum okay. uh, for this team. He is, you know, another another. So he just ended his sophomore year, um, helped lead Germany to their to the FIBA gold uh, right. alongside Dennis Schroeder. Um, he was like just a hair under twenty points per game last year. Uh, you know, can space the floor, elite finisher at the rim. He could the one thing on his offensive side that needs to improve is it'd be awesome if he had a little bit more of a mid-range game. Um, he's basically like an outside shooter or an elite finisher at the rim, right? Um, he he's he started to gain a little bit of like some nice like Dirk style fadeaways yeah. uh in the paint or sorry in the mid. Um, but he doesn't really have like a pull-up off the in, in the mid-range, and it'd be nice for him to to like start working towards that the walking um, analytics chart his efficiency around the rim is insane i don't yeah. have those numbers off the top of my head right now but like they're ridiculous and his finishing package is so ridiculous he can float it left float it right up and under either direction uh he'll dunk on just about anyone too yeah. he's like fearless. Um, he's an, a way above average defender. He's smart. He's a good passer. Um, you know, I think really the only reason why the question is out on him is, with the rest of the league, other than like magic fans is because people just haven't watched the magic. I enough. agree. Um, and you know, like it doesn't help that they started the year like five and 20 last year and had, I think, the first or second most injuries in the entire league again for like the third or fourth year in a row. So when this team actually gets healthy and, and there's like some consistency in the roster, I think that's when people are going to be like, Oh damn. Yeah. Franz isn't just good in FIBA. He's also really fucking good in the NBA. Yeah. And yeah, they have two six ten guys that are between 225 pounds and Franz and 250 in Paulo that can dribble pass, shoot and defend like that's scary. Yeah. What more do you want? And both of them averaged basically 20 points per game. I think the one thing I actually really like about about Franz, like despite all his talent, is that he's a little bit crazy. <laughs> Just a tad, like a league got a little bit of like that edge where he never backs down from anybody. And you need yeah. that. You need that in a player. Like if he, I think he could be a possible like number two complimentary player to Paolo moving totally. forward. Totally. And I agree with that. And I think a lot of that is going to come down to him. And like, I think he can be a number two, but do we either have a guard or do we obtain a guard that is the number two? And then he kind of organically slides to right. the number three in, yeah. in as far as tier. And I know we're going to get to that a little bit later, but that's like kind of a situation where like right now he is the clear number two on this team. There's, there's yeah. no one else. I mean, um, you could make a case for Wendell Carter. Some people are a little bit like more bullish on, um, on Fultz and some of the, one of a couple of the other guards that potentially could be like that next third guy. But it's it, in most magic point of views, like Franz is the clear number two. Um, some people say he's even right now, the number one um, because despite Paulo having ungodly numbers last year, Franz was the more consistent player on both sides of the ball last gotcha. year. Um, and so that's, 
there is some talk of that, but like, yeah, they're going to be a force for a long time. It's going to kind of be like the Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown situation okay. where it's like, they're awesome. There's going to be people that want to pin them against each other, yeah. but in reality, they work pretty damn well together. Um, and yeah, there's going to be some nights where Franz has it over Paulo. Maybe most nights Paulo has it over Franz. And that's kind of the similar situation with Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Um, you know, and then like there was that year they had Kyrie Irving. It was like, well, Jalen Brown is the third because, you know, Kyrie's one or two here. It's like, I don't know. That's my thing. Long story less long. Yeah. Franz is the fucking man. (laughs) (laughs) We like it. Sorry. No, it's all good, man. I want to ask you about Jamal Mosley because now the Magic are in a point now where it's like, all right, the future's here. Like we, it's time to start making moves. Like maybe playing this year, maybe playoffs this year. Is Jamal Mosley the right coach for this team? Uh, And then maybe we'll ask some questions based off of what you answer here. No, that's a great question, man. Um, He is the right coach for this team today. Mm, Is he the right person for this team in five years? Um, You know, in three years when the, when they're hoping to be like real, like real threats in the East. I'm not sure. I don't think, I think that's still up for debate for a lot of people. Um, But is he the right coach for this team to continue the, the development of the younger players and, and build team chemistry and um, togetherness with with how young this roster truly is. Uh, the roster did get a little bit older with the addition of Joe Ingles, um, but but for the most part, it's still a, the core is still so young. Um, Paulo and Franz are like twenty and nineteen, or or twenty one and, and twenty, very young. Um, you know, our oldest vets that are not Gary Harris and uh, and Joe Ingles are. Are Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, and they're 25. Um, Wendell Carter Jr.'s like 24, 25 around there. Yeah. Like this team is so young. So um, Jamal Mosley was a development coach with with the Dallas Mavericks for I think like eight years or something like that. And uh, he comes over with a development mind, togetherness. He's a very well respected coach around the league. Um, You know, every game that we play, there was a player that used to play for him with Dallas that comes over and they have like a five minute conversation. Um, it's just, he's highly spoken about. So he's the right coach now. Um, I think there's questions if he'll be able to coach at a high level when winning really, really matters. Right. But we are getting to that point now where it's like, this team can't be one of the worst teams in the East anymore. Um, unless there's some un, known situation that's out of our control like injuries again if there's health on this team they need to be in the play-in conversation all season i agree if not like low low playoffs um you know like in that like maybe between eight and ten seven and ten all year so no question of are they going to make the plan they should make the plan whether they win the plan or not it's a different story um, but they should definitely be in the play in this year that's the expectations we as magic fans and media have for them um and i believe that's the expectations they put on themselves this year um yeah if we make the playoffs this year and i you know i do I can't wait to find out if Jamal Mosley can coach a seven game series, you know, and is he going to draw up the right plays? Is he going to be able to make in-game adjustments? I haven't always loved his lineups and his substitution patterns and how he utilizes players. Um, I will say sometimes I think there's players that get cold or not in their rhythm and he doesn't always do a great job of finding, like finding ways to get them in their rhythm. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think he's doing a really good job at developing the players and making them play together. Um, 
you know, organically and, and growing as, as individuals and as a team. Do you feel like the offense has to change a little bit? Um, cause I, I think from what I know of the magic, now correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a five out drive, not only driving kick, but get to the paint and whatever happens happens from that point on, but it's, it's five out, um, very limited pick and roll. Um, I think you go ISO with Paolo every once in a while. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't really watch too much Magic, but that's the general. Gym, no, you're right. Yeah, a lot of DHOs. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, the pick and roll started getting a little bit more uh, involved in the offense last year. Uh, the year before that, pretty much non-existing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit ISO here and there with Paulo, but they kind of just gave Paulo the green light to like figure out his game and have fun and do what you want. Yeah, I wonder if they kind of reel that in a hair this year. Um, but I do think offense needs to change. But I think there was, I think it was pretty limited to how he could change the offense simply because the between internal, uh, not internal. Simply because the Magic didn't have the shooting to support gotcha. a more diverse, um, you know, a more diverse type of offense. We basically had just guys that could finish at the rim, um, excellent drivers, uh, a handful of guys that could shoot the three, like Franz, um, like Cole Anthony. He's got a really nice pull up from deep. Um, you know, we have some really smart cutters, so there's a lot of opportunities and that are created with space through cutting. But um, yeah, I just think like. Man, we see it would happen every couple of games, right? You'd have someone on the arc drive into the paint, kick out, and most teams you'd kick out to an open shooter and they'd shoot the three. Right. No, yeah. that person would then drive in, right. kick out to another, <laughs> and then that person would be like, "Oh, cool, I'm gonna drive in." There's like four people in this paint. I'm going to attempt to make a a, a layup yeah. or you know something. And they cause a turnover and it goes back the other direction because they didn't have enough confidence. The, the shooters didn't have enough confidence to take the shots. I think that's going to change this year. Um, Gary Harris, 40 something percent three point shooter yeah. um, last year. And I think even the year before, I expect that to, to be the same this year. They brought in Joe Ingles, who's like a 40, 41% three point shooter. Um, you know, Cole Anthony is a good catch and shoot shooter and a good pull up shooter. He's a threat. He, he pulls defenses out to him. Um, we have, uh, you know, Paulo and Franz are respected on the arc. They should hopefully continue to get better as shooters yeah. and better decision makers when they, you know, in catch and shoot situations or, or, you know, just off the dribble and stuff like that. Um, Wendell Carter is a decent shooter, but he's not respected enough at the line for, for him to draw defenses out. So that's, and he doesn't shoot a high enough volume to kind of, get that defenses, let him take that. Um, I think where we need to see like the biggest improvement is, is with Jalen Suggs. Um, this is his first healthy off season. So there were signs last year. If you look at his numbers from like the last 30, 35 games onward, he was shooting at like league average or higher for the, for the, the those remainder of games at a decent clip. Um, and so I think if we can get some better internal development with, with shooting and with the addition of, um, with Joe Ingles and then, you know, hopefully just some health that should allow coach Mosley to expand his offense into a little bit more of a three point shooting team, um, where not only we were, 
a bottom five and three point attempts, but also a bottom five and three point percentage made yeah. last year. And I think like the, I think for the last six years, there's a reason why so, you're not shooting threes basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Long story on how to answer your question about Jamal Mosley, but yeah, I do think some stuff needs to change exactly. and, and hopefully we are getting some internal development and going to continue to add shooters like Joe Ingles and our, in our, in our draft pick, um, Chet Howard, who was an excellent shooter in college. So, um, you know, they're starting to address it, which is nice. Um, you mentioned Cole. You mentioned uh, Jalen Suggs. Also mentioned uh, Markel Fultz earlier. Your backcourt, like, what are your feelings on the on the on the team's backcourt? Because I feel like that's that that part of the team has a lot more question marks. Because you have one of the best young front lines, yeah, front courts in the league, like talent wise. So, who do you think is the odd man out when it comes to your backcourt? Man, um, you know, we didn't even mention uh, uh, Anthony Black. Anthony you know? Black, He's yep. a great floor general uh, in college, um, projected to be a nice floor general. And, and, you know, with size, he's like 6'6 six, six or something like yeah, that. Six, six, seven. Six, seven. So yeah, 6'7". Yeah, he's guard. our That's biggest crazy. guard on our team, um, you know, which is crazy. Um, so I'm going to include him in that. You know, man, I, I think this year it's 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 probably going to be uh, – uh, 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 Anthony Black. I think he's oh, going wow. to be the odd man out. I think he'll get minutes. Um, he'll find minutes, you know, in that second unit, probably in the two and the three. Um, you know, there could be some lineups with with Jalen Suggs, uh, Cole Anthony in that in that back uh, in the second unit um, with 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 uh with black back there as well and you know sometimes they'll stagger franz or paulo and like that'll give him opportunity to play on ball a little bit play off ball a little bit um you know our our front office came out and said we're not in the position anymore to gift our rookies minutes Mm -hmm. so there's going to be nights where we're our rookies get some dmps and that's that's okay um because they they do want to start prioritize winning I think this season we see something like Fultz is the clear starter. Um, and then it's either going to be Gary Harris, who I think is a better fit just because of his spacing that yeah. he provides. But if Jalen Suggs can get his shot up there, then I think he will take the spot of Gary Harris. And then we see Cole Anthony as like that kind of awesome six man that he played last year. Uh, stay there. And then, you know, again, Gary Harris or Jalen Suggs as the two guard next to him. Um, Long term, man, this team does have to make a consolidation trade. And Kwame, I believe you were like, not so much this year, but like what's going to happen? Yeah, Yeah, man. Um, You know, if if uh, I, I don't know that answer, but I would not be surprised if Cole um, or Suggs was included in that in that trade uh, to grab someone. Um, you know, if, if if all of a sudden Black is crushing it, and yeah. you can really see like, damn, big body, great passer, runs the offense as good as Fultz, except he's starting to grow as a shooter, which we all know Fultz won't. Um, you know. Like that makes maybe that expendable could up. that could that could make Fultz a little bit yeah. expendable too. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I think that's a problem they're not really worried about today, though. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they'll happily find some form of contract extension with Fultz when he's eligible. I think in another month. Um, Cole, I bet they let him hit restricted free agency. Yeah. And I think if the right opportunity comes with the right trade package, when we do, you know, make a, a little bit of a consolidation move then I feel like it's kind of more like, okay, who are we getting back that's going to complement this team better? Um, you know, is this person more of like uh, 
a, a floor space and transition player, then cool. That means we can kind of let go of Jalen Suggs or man, are we getting back? Oh, you know, like someone that organically pushes someone else to be our six man. Cool. We can let go of, of Cole Anthony. Got you. I don't have a clear answer for you. Um, but I do kind of think like they value Fultz a little bit more. Um, he's more polished. Um, you know, he does have his limitations without his shot, um, but he's an amazing floor general and he's, he's a really good defender too. His defense stepped up big time last year. Um, you know, Cole, he's one of our only pull-up shots, pull-up <laughs> threats from three um, yeah. off the dribble. So, like, he's got his limitations defensively. He's grown as a uh, as a playmaker, but you know, he's the only guard that can shoot off the dribble uh, from three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't want to let him go. Right, right. And, and, and Suggs, this is like really his first year coming in healthy outside of his rookie year because he had his uh, he had a, a, sur- a surgery in between freshman and sophomore year on his ankle. So and then he missed like twenty games to start the beginning of last year with I think I forget what the injury was. Um, I don't have a great answer for you. I wish I did say yeah. It's definitely like. <laughs> Jalen Suggs, the he's the odd man there, out, man. but I'm like, I think it's more like we need a little bit more information, and we should get okay. that this year with with yeah. everyone coming into training camp healthy. Um, you know, I think about halfway through the season, we'll have a much better answer on that. Let's let's do a follow up episode. Episode, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Now let's move our attention to the front court, where I think you guys are stacked. I mean, you have we mentioned Wagner, we mentioned Bancaro, we even barely talk about Wendell Carter Jr. And then you have Jonathan Isaac. Like it's just you have a boatload of talent um there in the Okiki. front court. Okiki, Mo Wagner, Mo Franz's brothers who yeah. um who who, who fakes concussions. <laughs> <laughs> but also talented as heck. How, how do yeah. you how, what are the expectations for everyone there? Like I obviously Wagner and Bancaro take precedent over there. You get Wendell Carter in a trade for Vucevic. So it's and he seems to be very underrated defensively and just underrated in general. He seems to be coming into his own in Orlando. How, how do you split the minutes there? Who's the odd man out? Who do you want to trade? I, it just seems like it's a very crowded front court there in Orlando. Yeah. Um, first off, before I answer that, it's Wagner with a V. Wagner. All right. Wagner. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So the front court is, is, it's an interesting situation. We have our starters. We have Franz and Paulo. They're not going anywhere. Um, and then we have Wendell Carter Jr., who's an excellent center. Um, you know, he can play a little bit of four, a little bit of five. He's not afraid to be in the paint. I think, like, the the biggest question on him is, like, sometimes he's just not consistent with his aggressiveness yeah. to, to score and defend. Um, but I think when he is on, he's, like, a top 10 center in the league, maybe top 12, depending on how you view someone like Anthony Davis and stuff like that, um, you know, and and do you, do you put uh, Giannis at center and stuff like that, right? So there's some questions there, but he's a really good center, and his contract's insane. He's getting paid, like, $10 million a year, and it's descending. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite ridiculous how valuable he is contract wise and on floor production. Um, I think like the bigger question is like, okay, what is Chuma Okeke and Jonathan Isaac and, and, and like Chuma Okeke at this point is like, he hasn't really been much. I don't, I think if like he doesn't figure out his shot this year, like he's been a good defender. Um, but like 
he was supposed to be a shooter. Uh, you know, he shot 38% two years in a row or maybe 39% two years in a row in, in college. And that just did not translate so far to, uh, the NBA. His rookie season was pretty darn solid, but he's been like injured yeah. over and over again. And he's, and he's hardly on the floor. I think this is like a prove it year. And if he doesn't work out, he's not on the magic much longer. Like wow. he'll either be included in a trade, a salary filler or, um, you know, we probably just won't resign him next year when he goes into restricted free agency or we'll, we'll resign him for like a very minimal contract. Um, he, he just kind of has to prove that he can stay healthy and start hitting some shots in my opinion. So I don't really value him as like core with this team. Jonathan Isaac, on the other hand, he's like, you know, when he is healthy, you know, he can be an amazing defender. One of the best defenders in the league the Problem is He's never healthy. He's played three right. or 11 games in three uh -oh. years. Right. Um, apparently he's had an amazing off season. I think he's kind of like free money for us right now. Um, you know, like, I mean, granted we're paying him $17 million a year, but yeah. he's got, we have, he's only owed 7 million after January 7th. So if he gets injured again, we can cut him, um, yeah. for basically $7 million. And his next year on contract is, is uh, non-guaranteed. So we can either use him as trade, uh, in a trade for a team that wants to get under the salary cap or, you know, have more cap flexibility with that 7 million only guaranteed up till I think it's January 10th um, or, or something like that. Uh, or, and you know, in the following year, he's a, he's basically an expiring contract this season. So, um, you know, he's either going to produce and be like, cool, you're doing well. Let's, let's, keep you on you're a hidden gem because he's like seven foot amazing defender on the wing and in the paint um you know and, and was starting to be a decent shooter uh he's just kind of like a bonus at this point um but ultimately i think there's still some depth there that needs to be shored up like i don't see goga or even mo wagner as 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 more than fillers for one or two more years. Um, I do think there needs to be some more depth behind us. Joe Ingles, like he's pretty much a power forward nowadays, but dude, he's like 35, 36. He's only here for another season or two. Vibes. If he even survives. Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's great. I love the addition of Joe. Don't get me wrong. Come and like, shoot some threes with the left hand. <laughs> I was so, dude, he is one of my favorite free agents. I love Ingles. we've ever had. All right. Yeah, I love Joe uh, Ingles. He's one of my favorite players in the league. But yeah, man, I don't think there's actually that many decisions to make. I think it's more or less like, is Jonathan Isaac healthy? Can Chumo Kiki shoot? Um, and if not, if that the answer is no to both those questions, cool. We need more depth there, if anything. Um, Mo uh, Wagner and Goga Batatse, uh, like. To me, I view them both as like high-end third-string centers. Um, okay. uh, Goga is like kind of young. He's like I think 23, 24. Yeah. Um, so I th and he didn't really get a fair shot with um, Pacers. Pacers, thank you. Yeah, and so like maybe there's some room for him to grow as a better second unit player. Um, Mo Wagner can't defend a wing player, and people shoot better than their normal average when he's guarding them in the paint. Right. So, like, he's kind of like too slow to guard fours and not good enough, and and the paint defense to to guard fives. He's also a so, little like, crazy as well, just like his brother. Yeah, yeah. And we needed a little crazy, guys. We needed a little <laughs> crazy. Need a little. You need a little we were bit. Too I'm soft you. for too many years. All right. So I'm with crazy. We got Joe Ingles, who's a great shit talker. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I, if anything, we need more clarity on, on who can do their job. And then if, if when we get that clarity, we might need better depth, to be honest with you. Um, but again, we should be good for this year. 
is there okay is there a trade realistic trade or like a player that you think is possible for the team to get and would make a huge difference that's a tough question to ask because it's like basically playing fantasy you understand to the kubo <laughs> I mean, he's he's years, not leaving. He's not, he's not leaving, leaving right? right now. But in two years, maybe. maybe. You know, honestly, I do think, like, you know, if Devin Booker was available this summer instead of, or not Devin Booker, if uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, like that type of player, okay. was available yeah. this summer than last summer. I think we probably would have made a move for a player like that. Gotcha. Uh, but right now, the, the star players that are kind of available, um, and I do think that's what they're looking for. I don't think they're going to go make a swing for a, a, a fringe all-star that's never going to make all-star type situations. Um, I do think they're looking for someone, that third true star yeah. in the guard position. And that's when I think, cool. We have two extra first round picks. We have all of our own first round picks. We have a bazillion second round picks and we have a ton of young uh, players and a ton of salaries between like eight and $12 million um, that we can throw and do some salary match in, throw a bunch of picks and, and a, bring someone back. I do think we're looking for like a guard type to come in and, and be that two, um, you know, that, that two, one, two, somewhere around there it depends on who it is. But I also think like they're, they are going to be a little picky. They're not like, they're not after Dame. Sure. Yeah. We could throw a better package in Miami. We absolutely could, but he doesn't fit our timeline. He's right. too old. You know, as good as this team is, we're not really going to be trying to win titles for at least another two years. Right. Um, you know, in my opinion. So they need to find someone who's like probably today sub 30, um, you know, that's maybe made an all-star or thinking about making, or, you know, potentially might make one in the <laughs> near future. I don't know who that player is though. Right. You know, like, God, I would love if Jamal Murray was available. Got you. Give me that. Yeah. Uh, I would love if Devin Booker was available. He's not, but give me that kind of player. Um, Donovan's realist. I mean, realistic in the sense where like he might be available. Do yeah. yeah, yeah. Donovan Mitchell. If if they just if yeah. things go south there or something like that. Yeah. Um. Gosh, I just you know, man, I don't know what kind of star players you think are going to be shaking. I mean. Le legit though if Giannis is available in two years like I was who was I listening to the Sam Vincini podcast uh the other day and they actually brought up the magic as like someone who they think like you know in the next year potentially could could be a, a really aggressive I think that's still yeah I mean aggressive. it's interesting because like Grant Hill like T-Mac during the back in the day like Orlando was seen as possibly like a free agent destination and even Tim Duncan a lot of people don't know yeah. this but Tim Duncan was almost a member of the Orlando Magic um, yeah, Doc that, Rivers, yeah, so I, I don't want to talk about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not really looked at it like in that way. Shard Lewis, he was a big signing. Yeah, for us I too. mean, like you have you live in a state that doesn't have any like federal income tax. Um, you know, it's the weather's beautiful. Disney's right yep. there if you have kids. So like, there's a lot of things going for the city of Orlando oh, in general. And yeah, yep. so it's 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 I, I feel like it's a low key sleeper destination for free agents possibly especially if the team starts to like show like hey we're pretty freaking good like if you join us we could probably win a title it wouldn't surprise me if orlando all of a sudden becomes like this free agent destination there's players that will play here for like one year and they'll leave their house and then they come and just spend like 
you know, all their off seasons there. Like if they have families, that's where like they keep them. Like Etwan Moore still has a house. (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing is he had that not when he was on our team three years ago, but like, you know, 10 years ago when he was on our team, he kept that house, you know, Evan Fournier, Vooch, they've all kept their house. Oh, wow. Terrence Ross. They, he still has his house here. Um, you know, uh, JJ Redick, I think, still has a house here. Shaq, like, everyone still has a house here. It's ridiculous. So um, I think Patrick Ewing still lives in Orlando at some times. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So uh, long story less long, man. I don't know who we are, who's going to shake loose. But, like, the type of guy we're looking for is probably a nice wing guard that can play, like, the 2-3-1. Um, and, you know, that's that's a little bit closer to our timeline. Like, God, if Paul George was, like, three, right. four years younger, right. I would love to have a Paul George on this team, you it's know? A little off. He's a little yeah. – I don't know, man. Like, if he would – I wouldn't – I would actually wouldn't hate if Paul George was a right <laughs> How old is he? How old is Paul George? He's, he's, is he old, though? He's 47 years old. God, does his podcast out of Los Angeles? I don't know if he's moving across the country right now. I think he's yeah. I mean, if you put PG in that on that team, that's yeah. A, I mean, you have like one or two years with PG and then he's hurt constantly. He's 33. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know, but I get what you're saying. The timelines are kind of weird right yeah. now, um, yeah. they're definitely a little weird. All right, yeah, um, but I think some people will shake loose and yeah, we'll snag someone good, and then all you guys will be like, damn, the Orlando Magic, <laughs> you guys are really good. <laughs> not just kind of good in theory yeah i mean it's it's definitely possible uh, i want to ask you what you, your prediction for this season is going to be let's just assume everybody's healthy um going into the season is this a playing team what seed yeah, do they finish absolutely. let me hear your prediction uh, yeah man so my prediction is like we won 35 games last year after starting five and 20 um if this if this team even has like average health with their roster I think they're roughly between I, – I really respect the NBA and, and other teams too. Yeah. Uh, so I say this with a little bit of like, you know, respect to them. I think they're they're like a 39 to like 44, 45 win team. Okay. Somewhere right around 500, right, in that window of range. Um, and I think that puts them uh, – mostly just because I think the te- more teams got more competitive, right? And there's less teams tanking this year. I think the only tanking teams are going to probably be like Charlotte and – Maybe Detroit again. I don't know. I mean, even Detroit, Detroit's you can make it, you can make an argument. Yeah, yeah, they might not. There's not very many teams tanking, so uh, I would I would want them to be pretty comfortably around like the ninth, the eighth, ninth spot, and that's where I think is pretty realistic. Um, you know, if injuries happen to certain teams and like chemistry's off with like Atlanta, maybe they could catch Atlanta. Maybe they could catch. Um, God, hold on, I'm thinking. I'm, I think they should, before I go too deep and like give you a five minute answer, they should probably win roughly around 500, there we you go. know, win with a 500 record, Keep or take you know, a solid eight to ninth in the seed and in the, in the playoff uh, race, you know, making the play in comfortably. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much where I would have them as well. All right. So we're going to end this show playing a game that we like to call magic or magic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is where I'm going to name a list of 2024 free agents, and you're going to say Magic, whether you would like to pass on them like Magic Johnson, or Magic, if you would like to add them to Orlando Magic. So this is going to be very hard for you to answer. Let's get started with the first free agent, former Orlando Magic, Tobias Harris. Magic or Magic? 
Magic. Magic, yeah. We could use yeah. we could use some depth. <laughs> okay. We could use some depth. So you you you're not like down on his play in Philadelphia. You're not worried about that. Because no. he'd come in here and be like a, a backup. Mm. He's playing behind Paulo and Franz. So I would love him there if we could get him on a reasonable okay. contract. Okay. You know? Yeah. Maybe force Franz to the three a little or to the two. And you got a really big lineup with Paulo, Franz, and Harris. Come on. Let's, let's, let's make let's a happen. Bring Tobias back to Orlando, baby. No. He probably still has a house. Magic. He still has a house in Orlando. Probably, yeah. All right. Second player, OG Ananobi. Magic or Magic? Magic. Magic, yeah. Magic for sure. I like OG. I really do like him, but I don't know. Yeah. You got you're too you're too deep in the front court. I too deep. I think he's he's gonna be fucking. Ex- sorry, he's gonna be very expensive. He's gonna be very expensive. Um, and I think there's just gonna be a bidding war for him. And I just feel like, you know. He's the type of player you want. He's a good shooter from three. Um, he's a good two-way player. Yeah. Now I'm talking myself back into him. Magic. Magic. <laughs> he could play He could play at the two for you guys. He could like, play at the two. Let's I go. Mean, I'm, I'm going to Magic. You're going to have like a 6'8 point guard, a 6'9'2", a 6'10". That's fire. <laughs> Let's that's go. All I'm right. bringing size back to the NBA. Forget small ball. <laughs> All right. Magic or Magic? DeMar DeRozan. I love Demar, but Magic. Yeah, Magic for sure. He's dude. He's he doesn't help the spacing at all. Yeah. Um. And it, I, but he's one of my all-time favorite players in the league. I absolutely love Demar, but it, it hurts my soul to say Magic. Okay. Kind of not on the same timeline. Too a little, little older. too old. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. All right, Magic or Magic, Jonas Valanciunas. Magic. I'd rather have Wendell Carter. Okay. Yeah. All right. I would. I would have said Magic as well for sure. Qua, would you have said Magic? You would have said Magic. Said magic. <laughs> Okay. Can I can I pause for one second? Yeah, absolutely. You asked player to potentially target Zach Levine if they blow it up as a trade. Oh. I know he's got some injury history there and his contract oh, is kind of like large and in charge, but he's a bucket, dude. He's a bucket. That is someone who some Magic fans might not agree with me, but like I, I would take a risk on it. Like he's he's damn good. Sorry. He's, okay. No, no he's also he's as a as a Nets fan, he's also a player like I would love on my team. Also, just as a team, like he's explosive, he's explosive scorer. Yeah. As a Nick yeah. fan, I want nothing to do with him, but it has more to do with our makeup of the team than him himself. If that makes any sense. Understand. Hayden. <laughs> Hayden. <laughs> All right, Magic or Magic, Malik Monk. Magic. Yeah, yeah Magic. Yeah. I would say yeah. Magic. I'd say Magic. Dude, I was so high. Dude, I thought he was going to be like multi-time all-star in the draft. I was so high on him that year. And he's just a, he's a good player. He's, yeah. had, he's, he's had some nice moments. The problem is that he ended up on the Hornets and they wanted him to be a backup point guard. And then yeah. like also heroin. But that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that too. <laughs> Back to that. All right, we got two more names for you. Buddy Heald, Magic or Magic. Magic. magic, we need shooting. We're the best shooters ever. Let's go, yeah. Magic. <laughs> I think he would fit your team perfectly with the shooting. We just talked about it on the first half of the show where you would need that. He, he probably yes. fits that perfectly for sure. I'm already trying to figure out how to trade for him now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an emphatic Magic. Definitely. Yes. Magic. Okay. I love Buddy. And Even though we have no idea how old he is, but that's okay. <laughs> That is true. How old is Buddy? Oh my god! Because he, he was like as a senior, whatever he, he was in college, he, he was pretty old in college. in college too. Yeah, he's probably he hey, could he, be forty. He could be, he could be thirty. 40. He could be twenty-five. We, we don't know. 
And now you know I'm not even gonna do it. I don't want it enough. I don't want I want it to be a mystery for the rest of my life. <laughs> all right. Last but not least, uh, this is just kind of we talk about him all the time on the podcast, so I want to throw him in there and he's a 2024 free agent. Magic or magic, James Harden. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to Magic City, James. Come back to Magic City. Magic City. Magic City's the answer. Not the magic oh, you don't have to say anything more, man. We totally get it. We totally get it over here. Stephen Cameron, everybody, give it up. The Close Up Magic Podcast. Thanks for joining us, man. It's always a good time when Appreciate you're on. You I'll let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can find your pod, anything you want to plug. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me if you want to be bombarded with basketball and non-basketball um, posts on Twitter or X, whatever you prefer to call it, at Stephen with a PH0610. Or if you only want to know magic content, go to uh, on X or Twitter, um, The Close Up Magic. And on YouTube, it's at The Close Up Magic. Right. We're on Instagram. I never post there, though, but it's awesome. <laughs> Find us there, too. All right. If you want to follow Dime, you can on all social media platforms at the Dime NBA. I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. He's Quab at Quab AKA. Yes. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Dime. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.